back to the final episode of season two of FinTech for the People. I'm Ami Parbu, your host and managing partner of Axion Venture Lab. As always, FinTech for the People is produced by Axion Venture Lab, an early stage investor in inclusive FinTech startups around the world. This season, we've spoken with entrepreneurs in our portfolio about how their embedded finance solutions are seamlessly integrating financial services into small businesses' everyday experiences. Today, we're wrapping up our journey by talking to Srinivas Kasser, co-founder of Cash Invoice, a digital marketplace that unlocks supply chain finance for small businesses in India. By leveraging technology, the Cash Invoice platform links financial institutions, large corporations, and their small business partners, and it extends embedded working capital for the small businesses to grow and scale. Thanks for setting aside some time to be a guest on the podcast, Srinivas. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, thanks. It's a privilege to be here. Great. Well, before we dig into what you're building at Cash Invoice, I'd love to hear more about your journey getting here. I know that before you chose this more kind of entrepreneurial path, you worked for a a number of big companies, Tata Capital, Axis Bank. Tell us about that journey and how you ended up as a founder. It's been a ride. So I started my career as a banker. I have been, you know, with many banks and NBFCs, I you know, at least five or six of them. And you know, I had a privilege to deal with uh, various businesses, uh, right from the smaller size ones to the larger size ones, and deal with the entrepreneurs and, 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 the, and the decision makers to understand the dynamics of the business. And, you know, that's something that really fascinated me always, uh, something that really you know, uh, I, I thought as as a perk of uh, working in 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 the bank, but you know something uh, really changed when I actually you know pursued my masters at Syracuse, uh, where I took a few courses in in entrepreneurship, and I thought this is a, a route that would make sense because having worked with banks, I w- I thought that it would would be much much easier to be able to execute the ideas that you have uh, in an entrepreneurial you know smaller setup in a meaningful way. Nai and Arun, we, we go back a long way. We uh, The other co-founder, Arun Pujari, he's, he's been a friend all, all my entire professional career. And we thought that, you know, the dealing with, you know, having dealt with small businesses throughout our career, that's one area where we could really make an impact. Uh, because, you know, less than 1% of the, you know, Indian businesses are digitally served in terms of the lending requirement that they have. You know, we thought that supply chain finance is, is one way that we could really create an impact and try to extend that coverage way beyond uh, where, where it is. So, you know, that's that really set us up. And then we thought that, you know, let's take the plunge and uh, started this uh, about three years ago. So Taking the plunge is always the hardest, hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about, you know, how this idea of Cash and Voice came about and exactly what you do at Cash and Voice. The MSMEs, especially, so as we call micro, small and medium enterprises in India, uh, they contribute about over 30% of the country's GDP. Very, very smaller fraction of them are served in general, like, you know, about, you know, 60% of them still remain uh, completely un- un- unserved by the formal banking channels. And you know, we thought that there's uh, a clear way of improving this uh, by creating a bridge between you know, how the MSMEs want to be seen vis-a-vis how the banks or NBFCs, the ba- non-banking finance companies in India, see them. And that's where we came up with this idea of you know, building this platform where we 
start giving importance to the alternate data that the MSMEs build over a period of time by the sheer trade history that they build with each other and you know give a due importance and weightage to those those parameters and help banks bridge the trust deficit or uh, i would say you know call it with the micro or smaller businesses so you know that that really was what was the you know the at the heart of cash invoice so like i said most of the small businesses they struggle you know, to raise financing based on their own financial strength as they really don't fit the criteria as laid down by the banks but they when when they trade with a party which is better better rated uh, as compared to them the transaction itself becomes finance worthy with a lower perceived risk so we leverage that you know, the credit worthiness of the larger businesses which trade with smaller businesses and get them the credit uh, for their sales and purchases that's essentially what we do at cash invoice and we started with this about about 3 years back um, and we you know currently are one of the largest supply chain finance marketplaces in india catering an ecosystem of you know suppliers the distributors or you know the multi brand retailers we funded over over a million invoices over a billion worth of uh, transaction throughput the finance value of the transactions and uh, we have over 25000 small businesses on the platform today Incredible to hear. Maybe you could just for our audience tactically take us through how it works. Yeah, so typically if you see the profile of uh, you know who we are dealing with here as are two kinds, uh, primarily smaller manufacturers with an annual turnover of less than a million dollar or you know the traders or the the retailers uh, with a with an annual turnover of as low as even $100,000. So there are people with very small manufacturing setups you know employing dozens of people in a very small small setup uh, you know in the periphery of small, larger manufacturers on the other side an example that i would like to you know delve deeper into is you know many other your western countries in india we have a, a lot of corner shops where there are like mom and pop shops which are you know serving the requirement of the local communities as against uh, the penetration of the supermarket and these uh, shops they they deal with variety of the articles you know right from fruit to the consumer durable appliances electronics most of them are completely you know outside of the ambit of uh, of the uh, formal financing channels because they don't do not have the the documentation that is required by the banks to fund them all. so what we're doing is you know delving deeper into the transaction history by integrating the the platform with the erp systems that they use these are like really small erp systems with uh, some formal level ledger and then we dig deeper into those you know ledgers to be able to establish the credit worthiness this is much different than how the banks look at the financial proposals wherein we fundamentally give more importance to the transactional uh, data as compared to the to the financial or the you know the balance sheets etc and uh, the technology in in real sense and especially because of the public infrastructure that has been set in place in recent years in india has really enabled collection of this information with you know literally few clicks so any business who seeks the credit they can just simply come onto the platform allow access to their erp uh, assess their account receivable position and you know get the funding against them by just simply giving you know a few consents so that's like fundamentally different than uh, how the conventional financing worked wherein 
you had to go to the banks with a lot of paperwork and and the guarantees and you know collaterals etc so that's what we are doing it's essentially a platform that connects the ecosystems to the financial ecosystem and maybe you could speak to the other party here which are the the larger corporations yeah the partners is is that how you're primarily acquiring small businesses today yeah so that's that's the part of the strategy so what we thought at the beginning which is something that we have built on is that one of the reason why uh, this segment remains underpenetrated is because of the cost of acquisition the one who is responsible for sourcing would you know meet hundreds of businesses even before they are able to shortlist you know one or another that they want to really lend to and that really leads to a higher cost of acquisition the delays in general Vis-a-vis, when you do go top down, and and which is basically the anchor-led approach, as we call it, uh, wherein we acquire the larger anchor relationships, and then we integrate with their ERP systems to be able to reach out to the exact set of customers that we would want to deal with or associate with, and that narrows down the set to such a level where we know exactly which are the guys who would be. you know fitting the the banking norms or the criterias that we have laid down for them uh, and also makes it almost a zero cost acquisition uh, for us and that's the reason you know we've been able to onboard as many uh, people so far practically you know very very uh, small setup that's been the approach the top down approach or the anchor led approach as we call it got it One thing I'd love to get your thoughts on is the topic of this season is around embedded finance um, as a way to reach small businesses and serve them. How do you describe your model? What Cash Invoice does as embedded finance, and what kind of advantage does that give you as well over these other traditional lenders? Yeah, so you know we are actually. I mean, I like to believe that you know we are one of the uh, unique ones in the embedded financing space because. most of the embedded financing that happens today uh, is actually complementing the online or the digital marketplaces whereas we are fundamentally serving the offline marketplaces as well what i mean by that is that when we integrate with the the larger anchor ecosystem just the the erp systems like uh, you know the sap's or oracles we are able to you know f- have the embedded financing option within the erp channel of the of the corporate itself which is completely you know outside of the formal digital platform ecosystem mm. and in that sense we are we are quite unique and we we believe you know especially in countries like india which is you know still very very lopsided uh, i would say towards the offline marketplaces than than the online marketplaces we can create a lot of impact basis value chain embedded financing that we have been able to build so far in terms of the purely the embedded financing space also the other point is that most of the banks and uh, the finance companies in india were not api ready um, you know let's say a couple of years ago or so and you know now throughout our journey we've seen that you know more and more banking companies or the finance companies are api ready and they are able to provide the the financing as a service as as we would like them to so that's also creating a creating a big impact Maybe you could say more there. I mean, what's been the appetite and excitement sort of from, you know, the different partners on the platform, both on the lending side as well as on the corporate side to participate? 
the key there is the the incentivization that you're able to bring uh, for for the for each of the platform players so the obvious ones is is are the smaller businesses which you know uh, tremendously benefit out of the cash flows and the value proposition that we've been able to offer but like i said our approach is the top down or the anchor led approach and it's very important for us to uh, incentivize the the anchor companies to be able to participate on the platform and you know that's at the heart of uh, what we do through our proposition uh, we've been able to you know create an a, a be- impact on on the on on the bottom line of as much as 1 to 1.5% for the for the larger anchor companies and this is primarily as as a result of um, the difference between the the borrowing cost of the msmes vis-a-vis the borrowing cost of the transaction itself when you look at the payment risk of the of the anchor companies that's the reason why we've seen uh, a very very good participation by most of the top rated anchors that we currently have on board on the other side what we've really been able to build in last uh, you know two years or so is a completely plug and play a marketplace for for a financier uh, wherein uh, they they do not have to invest any time or energy into either sourcing or you know onboarding the customers uh, executing the documentation uh, as well as serving the customers so everything is just plug and play so we really do the legwork for for them and you know you know since we are actually not even doing uh, that as a legwork because it's a it's a completely digital framework and that's why we've seen most of the banks and nbfcs warming up to the to the idea of participating on the platform and also opening up their infrastructure in terms of the apis uh, that we are directly connecting with which is only going to scale this up further just shifting gears a little bit as you think about kind of embedded finance and what the future looks like uh, you know what's informing your product roadmap what are you thinking about next that's an interesting one so you know i mean taking that also brings me back to one of the question that you asked earlier about the embedded financing so currently we've been limited to uh, mostly the the financing aspect of the small business ecosystem what we are shortly launching and we currently piloting it with with few of the large size consumer goods distributors is a product where we are also giving them the ability to collect their receivables and you know automate their receivable uh, collection what it means is that we through the integration channel that we build uh, with their erp systems we are not only giving their you know downstream channel to be able to fund their credit requirements but also to pay them effectively using our platform and also reconcile those back into the erp system so from a smaller business perspective much of their time actually goes into this activity of collection and reconciliation there is tremendous amount of manpower they have to invest in terms of you know simply doing the follow ups on for the payment etc and they see a lot of value in a proposition where we've been able to automate their entire receivable cycle so that's going to be you know quite exciting because we we've already identified a few set of industries and this we we believe has a potential to revolutionize the the whole uh, collection mm. process for the downstream side of the supply chain yeah incredibly exciting and and a natural extension of some of the work that you're already doing as a founder of a business that's growing incredibly fast and you know innovating in a number of different areas there's a there's a lot going on i'm sure at any given point in time what are some of the things that keep you up at night 
what do you feel like you know you're spending most of your time and energy on right now so the the challenge that we've taken uh, you know as a team is that you know how do we make the affordable credit available to at least uh, 10 million small businesses were completely out of mainstream banking coverage 99% of those are micro with annual revenues of less than $100,000 and you know digital lending uh, is the key wherein you know the penetration for such a product like lending products uh, digital lending products in the in the west is like almost about 15 to 20% as vis-a-vis something like 1% in india and we believe that we can actually become the bridge between the mainstream financial ecosystem and the small business to effectively solve this so throughout our journey we had uh, a lot of opportunities where we can you know meaningfully contribute and we truly believe that you know we can actually become a pioneer in the space and you know solve uh, constructively the the msme financing challenge uh, that lay in, lays in front of us so just thinking about how to take advantage of the massive opportunity and where to focus that time i mean a big big part of that of course is is a team and how you you're building out your team i'd be curious just you know how do you think about building a team culture yeah so that's an interesting one but yeah so so we we have actually you know always uh, believed in a total transparency right down to the to the level of the last person uh, who is executing and what i mean by that is as long as you keep the goal uh, in sight for the entire team they are able to perform exactly as as you expect them to and you know i mean few of the examples is we've had like multiple team uh, outings wherein we communicate the organization's uh, goal and we we are also able to give them the the larger picture of what we are we are able to achieve and which is you know really worked well for us something that's um, drives us is is what is driving the the team uh, is what we really feel proud about so we we clearly you know trying to build a a culture where there's a sense of um, transparency and working towards the, the the larger purpose in general yeah and, and creating that that shared purpose that you know everyone from in the organization is 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 bought in and understands Great. Well, well, last question for you, you know, just looking out into the future, what do you envision Cash Invoice looking like in 5-10 years time? That's something that we, we we try to take one step at a time, but yeah, we aspire to become an end-to-end ecosystem fintech which can digitize and automate the whole procure to pay cycle. And there are, you know, multiple legs to it. Like I said, you know, there are smaller aspects, not just in terms of the in the financing, but also in terms of optimizing the process and making an impact in terms of simply reducing the the working capital cycles. This would, you know, typically mean uh, that many of the uh, small entrepreneurs would be able to focus on their core strengths of running the business uh, without having to involve uh, themselves in tasks that could be easily automated. So our vision really is to make uh, cash invoice uh, a benchmark in small business financing. That's great. And we're excited to be on this road with you and with the entire cash invoice team. Thank you so much Srinivas for being with us today and for this great conversation. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much Ami. Thank you. 
with that, I would like to conclude season two of the FinTech for the People podcast, where we talked about embedded finance and how this solution helps our entrepreneurs reach their goals and have a broader impact. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed listening to the founders over the past six weeks from South Africa, Indonesia, India, Nigeria, and Brazil, and how they're using embedded finance to reach never before service small businesses in more contextualized and inclusive ways. We hope you've learned more about this area of FinTech and gotten more color around what embedded finance really means, particularly the power and potential in bridging the $5 trillion financing gap to small businesses around the world. As we've seen, when financial solutions can be integrated into platforms, marketplaces, and other non-financial solutions relevant to customers' lives, it can provide more convenient access, more seamless customer experiences, and more tailored product offerings to those small businesses. We at Axion Venture Lab are incredibly excited about the potential impact of embedded finance for financial inclusion. If you're interested in the work the Axion Venture Lab does, feel free to reach out on Twitter, LinkedIn, or by visiting our website. Click on the link in the description below, or just type axion.org slash venture lab. There you can also find the full set of season one episodes where we talk to women founders who are disrupting financial services around the world. And of course, stay tuned for season three of FinTech for the People where we'll be discussing one of the biggest topics in fintech today, Web3 and decentralized finance. We'll be looking at it with a lens of how these technologies like crypto and the blockchain can help or potentially harm underserved populations and financial inclusion efforts around the world. 